powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Well, it was scary at times, Flames fans, but here we are. Second time in a row that uh, I get to cover a win on Game Over Calgary. Those are few and far between when I'm on the stream, but we take those. We take those, even if it is against um, a lesser, a much lesser opponent in uh, the San Jose Sharks. We take those wins, and if you came here for a Milan Lucic apology, you're not going to be getting one tonight. We'll get into it more later. Welcome to Game Over Calgary. My name is Audie James. And uh, yeah, like I mentioned, the Calgary Flames uh, celebrating a 7-3 win over the San Jose Sharks tonight. It was a late one, so I hope you put on a pot of coffee and we'll be good to go here momentarily. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with sports interaction. Whether it's World Cup, which is done, congratulations to uh, Argentina and Lionel Messi. The GOAT. What a legacy. Uh, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn19+. plus. Please play responsibly. And if you or anybody you know has any gambling uh, problems, please be sure to check the show notes and reach out. Uh, lots of great resources out there uh, to get some help with stuff like that. And without further ado, we will bring in today's guest, uh, my buddy from YouTube. It's been a while since him and I have uh, have chopped it up together, but uh, I'm happy to have you on. Nick from Twisted Rister Hockey. How are you, my friend? It's good to see you. Hey, likewise, Audi. Thanks so much for bringing me on the show. And you know, even in a 7-3 loss, I'm honored to be uh, on here with you and the rest of the uh, SDPN community here. Yeah, it's. Uh, I-, I mentioned to you beforehand that, you know, maybe it would have been nicer to have it on better terms for you. But I think for the purpose of an, a Game Over Calgary show, I don't know if I could handle the comments and the stream if the Calgary Flames ended up losing to the San Jose Sharks team. But um, a good game nonetheless. Like I mentioned to you before, too. In that third period, in that second period, the Sharks kind of had the flames on the ropes for a little bit. I was a little bit, uh, a little bit scared, um, but like you mentioned as well, we helped you guys with the ultimate prize, man. A little bit closer to that, uh, to that prize of of Connor Bedard. Uh, so I don't know. I, I guess it was a win win for both of us, you could say. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly thankful. I mean, we did end up getting a pretty good game out of this. The score doesn't quite indicate that. Yes, the Flames did a great job of finishing the game. I mean, they almost scored an eighth goal as well. But I do think that the Sharks, you know, they stayed with it. They were able to kind of weather the storm from earlier. Ultimately, Nazem Kadri probably the player of the game, I would think. Although some of you out there might be looking at 17. Oh, man. I was uh, I was hoping you weren't going to bring him up. I actually put it in my pregame notes uh, when the lineup came out because Daryl Sutter likes to hold that thing close to his chest as uh, as he does. Uh, I put Lucic second line with a bunch of uh, exclamation marks and question marks. Um, and then I was going to say, uh, shockingly, it, it does, it's not relevant anymore, but I was going to say it's uh, it must have been nice for you to see that lineup card and see Milan Lucic on the second line uh, with Huberto and, and Nazem Kadri. Yeah, it's almost like David Quinn, coach of the Sharks, <laughs> had actually fumbled with the uh, Flames lineup card, given no, that no. we have guys like... Matt Nieto and Nick Benino in our top six. No, no, it uh, it was the one and only uh, Daryl Sutter. So, um, yeah, you know, a bit of a head scratcher for Flames fans looking into this one. And then um, an interesting performance, an unorthodox performance, you could say, uh, from number 17 in red. Uh, just your thoughts on, I guess, his game tonight. Um, 
Look, I'll give credit where I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop for a second before you go ahead. I'll give credit where credits due. I've been very hard on Milan Lucic. A lot of Flames fans have been really hard on Milan Lucic. Has not been the greatest uh, Calgary Flame this year. Has been in the press box for a couple games, um, but I'll give credit. He had a pretty good game. He had a pretty good couple of games against uh, the San Jose Sharks team. But uh, your thoughts on uh, on the big man? Yeah, I'd probably draw a similar comparison, honestly, with Eric Carlson. I know they're not exactly the same player, but, you know, with Carlson tonight, he was horrible for the for most of it, especially as the game started. Uh, he literally caused what resulted in the second goal of the night, and yet he made up for it later in the game with an assist on the uh, game-tying goal to uh, Timo Meyer. So in other words, with Lucic, you got to, yeah, give credit where it's due, celebrate those moments, but understand that you're still going to get some subpar play as well. You know, committing a penalty that was not the, in the best of his interests. I know that there were, you know, he was kind of tied up with Shimmick there, but uh, yeah, it's kind of like, look, there, he's going to have plenty of moments like that, but you know, you got, you have other talents out there that are more responsible for actually scoring. If he's able to do that once in a while, that's, that's a huge lift. And you know, for the Flames tonight, it wasn't necessarily, you know, like Lindholm lighting the lamp like he did last night or, you know, Manjapane or some somebody like that. Yeah, and, you know, at this point in Milan Lucic's, Lucic's career, he kind of just is what he is. Um, that's kind of what the way I've kind of explained it is. It's just he's just kind of he's he does what he does, whatever it is. Sometimes it's cardio. Sometimes, you know, he, he makes a big hit or, you know, whatever it is he does. He's kind of is what he is. He's past that point. Uh, like I, I bring it up at nauseum on this is 2011 when when the Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup and just how good he was parking his ass in front of the net and tapping in garbage goals on the power play stuff like that so you don't see that as much anymore from Milan Lucic but it's nice to see games like this and there will always be people on Twitter who are going to now hold on to this game and see that Milan Lucic is a top six winger okay um, before we transition and pivot here lots of comments already uh <laughs> james johnson coming in saying just here to say bench milan lucic still uh so as we can see there's no love lost <laughs> between the flames fans and uh and milan lucic um smoky dan nice to see you back in here well never give up any hope for the flames because they are an amazing team and then that followed up by uh, left-handed penman saying dan it's the sharks let's not start practicing lifting the cup just yet and i'm not trying to put salt on the wound you know it just as well as anybody else nick but the Sharks just, they aren't that team. Um, it's not a low blow to say that, you know, the Calgary Flames should have beat the Sharks in these two games. Um, and it's it's sad for me because, like, it wasn't that long ago that the San Jose Sharks were that team in the Western Conference. You know, I, what was it? Was it the year the Blues won the Cup? They made it to the conference final against St. Louis? Um, yeah. Not long ago, they were that team and, and uh, kind of a bit of a fall from grace uh since then yeah I, I mean this this season is mostly playing out the way that i expected you know there are some nights it's it's interesting in that i think tonight yes tonight is the first time this season that the sharks have lost by four goals or more it's impressive i guess so, i mean for a team that's you know competing for a lottery pick you would think that they would have already had a few games like that already so mm -hmm. They've been in been in a lot of close games, even earlier this season, against really good teams. It's just that you, you saw it tonight, too. The Sharks did have some two-on-ones out there. They just can't finish. When you look at, like, 
you know, like expected goals for per 60 minutes. The the Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc line is one of the best in the NHL. It's just that, again, they don't have the finish. They don't have that sniper, the, the person who can just tap the puck in the net. And so, honestly, even though we, we've had such a bad year, uh, formulaically, it's almost like we actually have underachieved. We've almost had bad puck luck in a sense. But I can read between the lines. It's It was, you know, we weren't meant to be anywhere near the playoff hunt at any point in the season. And I saw I saw it myself in the first two games of the year when I was in Prague. Oh, that's right. How First of all, how was that? Because I remember you and I, when I reached out to you about uh, coming on tonight, you were uh, you were telling me about that. How was that trip? It looked uh, like from the pictures, what you shared, that looked awesome. Uh, I mean, I've been to Prague before. It's a beautiful city. Uh, it's very old, right? Very yeah. ancient, I want to say. But uh, the remnants from various eras of its history are still intact there. And uh, the proximity to the arena was was just about right. There's you know enough attractions to see and do. Beer is cheaper than water there. That's it's not a bad a problem of, to have. It's got a lot of great <laughs> things going for itself. I also watched um, some hockey in Helsinki afterwards. I went to Finland, and then I was in Iceland for a few days as well. So made made the most of it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it uh, it looked like a great trip, and uh, I was I was jealous. I I want to travel and go see hockey and travel and see. Uh, see more of the world too so whenever i see uh people like you who get the opportunity to do that it's uh i live vicariously through you with all the pictures and stories that you uh that you shared on twitter okay a couple more comments before we continue along here the calgary flames winning seven to three tonight over the san jose sharks uh, a lot of people complaining about the weather here nick uh it's minus 38 celsius here in calgary with the wind chill i i i'm too uh um ignorant to trans or to transfer that to Fahrenheit but it's damn cold it's uh, it's damn cold so um a lot of people complaining about the weather out here for sure um let's see uh people saying they're worried Lucic won't get taken out of lineup anytime soon after that and you know what this is what I'll say again I'm not trying to be the Lucic defender because I've like I said I've been one of his biggest critics this year as have a lot of people but it's nice. To, it's it's promising to see that. Not that I think it's um, he's going to be able to keep it up, but it's nice to still see it. I'm, I I don't know. I, I just don't think he's. I still don't think he belongs uh, in the Flames top six. Uh, <laughs> somebody saying uh, maybe this is a question for you. What do the San Jose Sharks want for their first round pick unprotected? <laughs> well, uh, we want it. We want to get more first round picks. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, it sucks in that the only guy we really have to offer that could fetch something like that is, is Timo Meyer because we signed Tomas Hurdle in the middle of last season to an eight yeah. deal. So, yeah. take me through your two cents on that. Like, that just, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. The, the Sharks, to me right now, are a team who uh, may be struggling a little bit with some of those contracts. Uh, definitely a team that, Maybe could retool. I don't know if it's going to be a full knockdown rebuild, especially with some of those contracts. Um, but retooling on the fly, I didn't think Tomas Hurdle was going to be part of that long term. But I, I kind of wanted to know your two cents on that. Yeah. I mean, immediately commenting on Hurdle, I think one reason we can't underscore with why he was extended is because he's marketable. And yeah. you saw that they just traded Brent Burns in the offseason. The Sharks are one of the worst clubs in the NHL in attendance, and I have a theory that they'll be out of San Jose in 10 years. Um, so 
uh, from a business standpoint to put to put butts in the seats, it was re- important to retain Hurdle. But yes, if I were you know GM and I, I was saying this going back to last year, I would have traded Hurdle so that I had the opportunity to extend Timo Meyer. You know, at the end of this year, he being a couple of years um, you know younger than Hurdle mm-hmm. and not with Tomas Hurdle's injury history. So I thought that was a bad move. But you know that regime is out the door for the most part, and so we have you know Mike Greer and yep. some others. Uh, making the decisions now and really they just had a horrible hand at you know the hand they were dealt um, going into this year not pretty at all I mean we're looking at something kind of like the remnants of the Blackhawks or the remnants of the Red Wings before them it's really going to take I think easily three or four more seasons to just have a, a consistently competitive club out there I'm not even talking about postseason or anything like that so yeah, that's why you're not seeing anything like the Sharks that, you know, had been skating around and doing so in April and May for, for many, many years there earlier uh, this century. Yeah, pests pests in the West were the, uh, were the San Jose Sharks for a very long time. Um, a player that maybe you're used to seeing not only from a, a conference rival, but a state rival, um, Tyler Toffoli. Uh, I kind of wanted to ask uh, a little bit about him because, you know, the Flames acquire him uh, last year on on Valentine's Day. That was one of the bigger moves that the Flames made. Uh, Obviously tried to go on a bit of a run last year. So this is his first full year as a Calgary Flame. Things were good last year to start. They kind of tapered off. We had, uh, you know, two or three good weeks of Tyler Toffoli, and then it kind of started to taper. But now he's starting to pick things back up again. I like that he's shooting the puck. That's something, like you mentioned about the Sharks, the Flames, uh, up until these, <laughs> shockingly enough, these last two games against San Jose, have uh, have really been struggling with with their finishing. And um, Tyler Toffoli has been pretty much the only constant in terms of uh, finish. But uh, your your thoughts on what you saw from Tyler Toffoli tonight? Because I think a lot of Flames yeah. fans are pretty impressed of what they're, uh, what they've gotten out of him so far. Well, one thing I like about Toffoli is that he's you can plug him in a variety of situations. He can play on the top line and he can be a finisher. He can play on the third line and just defensively hold things down. He plays penalty kill. He plays power play. And yeah, he's um, you know he's never been like a superstar, but again, he's somebody who will grow into whatever role you want to put him into. Um, big shout out! Now, you know he had a couple of. Uh, you know, key goals, obviously, in, in these two games after just an assist in his previous five games. So it's good to see him get the ball rolling as, you know, as the Flames are still kind of figuring out who they want on on a second line, for for example. Big shout out to Tyler Toffoli, actually. I saw that um, his wife, Kat, was recently on SDPN. And I, yeah. you know, being from, on being from California, I have, you know, I have no hockey ties, seemingly, but I have one. And actually, I grew up on the same street as his wife cat and um so we used to like play baseball together and uh mario kart and that sort of thing that's so, awesome that's Cat's awesome cat and, and cool cat yeah cat's super cool uh yeah mark mark had her on uh, game over uh montreal um obviously a big fan favorite when he was in montreal and, and it was really cool to see that mark was able to get her on uh on on game over uh Montreal so maybe maybe we'll see if she wants to come on game over Calgary I don't know maybe maybe her SDPN uh, tenure stopped with uh, with that great uh, interview she did with Mark um, yeah, James Johnson saying damn boy because of that uh, 
Tyler Toffoli video. That's that infamous Tyler Toffoli video. Um, question here says, Adi, what's going on with bread in reference to Manjapani? He's almost invisible. Puck seemed to die on a stick. Where's the finish he showed last year? Don't even see glimpses of it. And I kind of wanted to see what you had to say because um, what we saw from Andrew Manjapani tonight is kind of what we've been seeing all year. You know, we're not that far removed, like damn near close to a year ago. People talking about Tyler Toffoli potentially representing Team Canada. Uh, they didn't end up going to the Olympics, but if they were going to go to the Olympics. Uh, and now it just seems like, you know, he secured the bag, he cashed the check, and the goals are gone. Uh, for me, from what I'm seeing from Tyler Toffoli, a lot of the shots are seeming seeming to be forced. Um, and I don't know if it's a Flames thing that they can't get to the middle of the ice or if it's just an everybody else thing that they defend so well. But I feel like the majority of, uh, excuse me, Andrew Mangiapane's shots are coming from the perimeter uh, with bodies in front. He's shooting a lot of pucks in the legs, a lot of pucks in the sticks, and you saw that tonight. Um, did you kind of see the same thing from uh, from Mangiapane? Uh, he he didn't particularly stand out to me, right. to be honest. Yeah, I, I didn't see... I. Like you were saying, his shots, if they if they came from the outside, that would make sense because I can't remember him being part of like like a two-on-one. Maybe there was one in there or like anything from, from the slot when they were, you know, actually holding the zone. So, yeah, he's been uh, – he's having a quiet year. He so, is, uh, and it's, an it's, it's frustrating because this Flames team, like I talked about before, just missing that finishing touch or – I uh, just can't seem to get goals from anybody not named Tyler Toffoli, Nazem Kadri. Um, and, you know, you could really use a guy like Andrew Mangiapane, who's shown that he can score in, in uh, you know, he had one really good year last year, but um, definitely would uh, would like to see a little bit more uh, out of him. Uh, some more here, one more comment, and then we'll kind of pivot again here. Why can't we put Phillips on second line? He would fit perfect instead of Lucic. Luch had a good night, but every single person in this room knows this isn't sustainable with Lucic. And you are speaking my language, friend. I've been preaching uh, to get Matthew Phillips into a top six. He would have looked great. Uh, I don't know, and I'm not going to get too much into the uh, AHL. I know you follow some AHL for the most part. I don't know how much you follow Calgary, but uh, Matthew Phillips obviously one of the Flames' uh, better farm products right now. He's He's been recalled. He played a couple games, limited five-on-five five times, so we didn't get a big sample size. And you know Daryl Sutter, man. He doesn't like little guys. They got to be big body, take him out to the farm and, and milk the cows and throw hay bales over your shoulder. Um, Matthew Phillips, just a little guy. But there's something to be said about the little guy. Cole Caulfield, Johnny Gaudreau, like the little guys are still around and they still make noise. Oh yeah, I, I one of my first videos I produced on my YouTube channel was actually an examination of the point productivity for players five uh, ten and shorter and one hundred and eighty pounds and lighter, and you you saw that there was a, a net gain over a five year period um, between you know like twenty fourteen fifteen and like twenty seventeen eighteen. You know Patrick Kane, he's not a big player. Yeah. Nikita Kucherov isn't a big player. They're still pretty darn good, aren't they? Yeah, and and the funniest thing is, is I'm pretty sure Daryl Sutter's 5'10", and he played, uh, I don't know, eight or... No, he played a decent amount of seasons in the NHL. 
I can't remember off the top of my head. He, regardless, he played in the NHL at 5'10", 180 or something like that. So the little guys, they belong. They can play. They can keep up. So whoever put that comment in, you are speaking my language. Hubert Okadri Phillips would indeed be a vibe. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know what? You kind of brought up the point about uh, the attendance. And that's something that I noticed. And I didn't really want to like poke fun at or jab more so like because there's a lot of things that that people could jab at the flames for uh so i try to keep my shots to a minimum unless it's the unless it's against the leafs in that case i do bite the hand that feeds um but uh i noticed before the game there were those lights on the seats and i'm like that's sweet like everybody's got their phones out and then i the the lights came on after the national anthems and i'm like those are empty seats and there were a lot of them has that been a consistent problem i didn't do my research and look into i wanted to look at the uh attendance this year but i would imagine the sharks got to be close to the bottom yeah i think last year they were 28th and i think this goes back to like 2019 2020 like that season i mean the covid shutdown did affect i mean if we're talking about like teams in the states the sharks were one that was where you wouldn't see as many fans like rush to get into the arena once they started letting fans in, you know, and they let them in more gradually than, than some other teams. Um, so th- that's a factor, but even so before then I was going to those games and yeah, you, you could see it. The, the attendance dropped very quickly. Um, and it's funny that, you know, we're talking about a team that's coached by Daryl Sutter uh, and who has coached the sharks before too, but mm-hmm. Of course, um, you know, he was the architect of the, re- the re- excuse me, the reverse sweep against the Sharks in 2014. And even though, you know, people would still go to the games for a few years, really the enthusiasm started to die down quite a bit. Not to mention, to be honest, I don't think the city of San Jose really gives a, a darn about the Sharks. Mm-hmm. I think they do a horrible job of like actually, you know, uh, using them as a way to kind of market that city um, as an attraction versus other places in California. So I and I and I think that um, you know the the Google campus that's supposed to be built there in downtown San Jose. Uh, I used to live down there. Uh, it it saddens me deeply uh, to see a major corporation uh, making their way there uh, and kind of tearing down what what used to be just a charming little neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of its own thing. But yeah, uh, Bay Area sports fans are fickle. They're fickle, and that's and they'll. Yeah, and and the radio stations don't give a darn about hockey. Uh, you know, not 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 the only American sports market that doesn't care about hockey. No, but in you know, you turn on any radio station and you will never hear the Sharks. It'll only be usually the Warriors or the 49ers, maybe the, the uh, San Francisco Giants, not even the Oakland A's. That's about it. And um, yeah, it's disappointing. It's you know, it's the tenth largest city in in the states, and uh, in terms of I, I guess you know, uh, enthusiasm for that market. I really think it's, it's tanking toward the bottom. It's unfortunate because for, you know, the mid to mid to late 2010s, it was a damn good team to not get coverage, right? Like that was a damn good team. Like I talked about them being the pests in the West, uh, flames fans know it. I, other people know my other allegiances, the Pittsburgh penguins wasn't that far or wasn't that long ago. It was a Stanley cup final. Um, and it sucks to see that because you you know we talk about the growth of the game and you want to see hockey succeed in non-traditional markets like Arizona people didn't think it was going to work in Vegas look at how it worked in Vegas um 
and Nashville. San Nashville too. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a that's like on my bucket list of places to go watch a game. Talk oh, dude, about non traditional markets. I, I went a few years ago and it's it's the best location of any arena in, in the league. Like there's there's no denying it. It's really me. Yeah. I and, gotta get out yeah. there. Oh man. I gotta get out there. I, I gotta see Vegas I gotta see Vegas too. My folks went uh, a couple years ago, right before COVID. Uh, uh-huh. They went to a Golden Knights and, and Oilers game, and they said, unbelievable. Just like the atmosphere, the pregame outside yeah. with all the fans. And that's what I wish like every market could, could eventually become. I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be it would be damn cool if, if every hockey fan uh, got to experience that. So, um, I'm going to do a last call for any questions. So if you have any questions for Nick about the Sharks, if you have any questions for me about the Flames, get them into the chat right now as we're going to put a bow uh, shortly here on the episode. And I wanted to ask you another thing about the Sharks. There's been a lot of chatter. You talk about Timo Meyer. A lot of Flames fans love that Timo Meyer guy. Everybody calls him future Flame Timo Meyer. It would take some uh, some some pretty interesting GMing to, to get him over here uh, from Bradshaw Living. But one other player that has garnered a lot of attention, and rightfully so because of his bounce back, is uh, is Eric Carlson, who you know didn't have the greatest game tonight. I remember seeing, see, you know what, I've I've seen it lots because I used to live in Ottawa. Uh, a shift where he takes the puck into the offensive zone, causes a, a an ozone turnover, and then dogs it back up the ice. Uh, it happens when you're an offensive defenseman. You have and you're you're a puck carrier. Sometimes that'll happen, but that happened more than once tonight. I digress. Um, trade rumors. This is a, that's a pretty hefty cap hit. Lots of uh, lots of talk about potential trades that could work. First and foremost, do you see it happening? Carlson, I, 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 I just that's don't, tough. Fortunately, yeah, you know they, they they traded away Brent Burns in the offseason to the Hurricanes, and they retained a third of his salary. And what they got in exchange was. Uh, like an AHL goaltender, Stephen Lorenz, and like a fifth round draft pick. So really, they didn't, they weren't able to get all that much, uh, despite relieving themselves of about five million dollars in cap space. Mm-hmm. So uh, with Carlson, yeah, I mean, they would have to eat probably half of his salary, or you know, maybe it's one of those situations where they, where the Sharks would, in exchange, take on a bad contract, like with the Panthers, maybe they take on like Patrick Hornquist's contract in order to ship Carlson over there, like some, something to that extent. So, you know, like I'm open to that. If those contracts, like a bad contract is something that would be on the books for no more than like three years. Cause again, I don't think the sharks are going to be any sort of competitive playoff caliber team, at least um, until that time has passed. So, I mean, I'm hoping that that there's that opportunity. And Mike Greer said they're open for business to, for any player that's not Tomas Hurdle. Right. I'm I'm really interested to see what Mike Greer does with this team. It's uh, it's intriguing. And and to talk about the whole Carlson thing too, like you got to eat money on that contract. But then I think that's it. You can't retain because it's two, right? Is that the limit for salary retention? You can only retain two players' salary in a trade. Because Burns takes up one. Is that a thing or am I making that up? That I'm you can sure, only... I, I feel like if someone in the chat can fact check me, I believe that you can only retain... It might be three. Maybe it's two. Um, but I believe you can only have two retained salaries uh, towards your cap hit 
So that would mean, you know, like not that the Sharks want to be open business and just retaining salary left, right, and center. But, um, yeah, I mean, that would that would obviously be a, a bit of a sticky situation. But the cap space would be nice, and, and a lot of people saying cap space these days Given uh, given the state of the salary cap is is just as valuable as draft you know high draft picks and stuff like that so um, I don't foresee a Carlson trade either I think it would be very tricky um, it's just unfortunately makes so much damn money it's uh, I think that's the only thing really holding it back well, I'd say that you know if if he is somehow able to keep his offensive game going for the next couple of years that's exciting that makes it you know me want to actually watch the team yeah that actually might put a few butts in the seats now and then so it's not exactly the worst it's for four more years so i mean maybe in the last year that's when you buy him out if you can't actually you know make a deal with somebody else so it's it's bad but honestly it's just, I, i'm just i'm just seeing this next couple of years for what it's going to be unfortunately yeah um so <laughs> i gotta hope that um I mean, really, I'm cheering for Brent Burns and the Hurricanes to win a Stanley Cup this year. Or, you know, if you guys want to win. I, I see no your problem. I see your twisted wrister flames jersey in the background. I uh I don't forget when you got that. So I, I know deep down there's some flames love in, in old Nick's heart there. Um uh so a few comments here. James Johnson saying the Sharks deserve Bedard. I'm rooting for them. So there's a little support uh <laughs> I guess backhanded support for you. Yeah, I mean, hey, you can root for us. That's that's fine. Just don't root for the Ducks. I think that they are a total farce being this bad. And it's their fifth straight season being god-awful. They shouldn't be anywhere near a top-five pick this upcoming year, or this, you know, going to the draft. I think that's ridiculous. There should be a league rule about that. That's ridiculous. It's a it's a clear tank. It's, 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 yes. it's like, without even a question, what are you doing? You're not, you're not... You're not pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. Um, for all I know, for all I know, Corey Perry's the architect of this. <laughs> Sharks fans, Sharks fans, Flames fans, mutual disdain for Corey Perry. There we go. That's uh, that's what we're getting out of this one. I know you answered it in the chat, but uh, for people listening on playback, uh, Nate asking your thoughts on the new home away jerseys and where you rank them for all-time Sharks home and away sets because obviously I know you're a big jersey guy. You do lots of lots of jersey stuff. Nate, big jersey guy as well, does lots of concepts. So I know that's where uh, where that question stems. Yeah, I, I overall like them quite a bit. And actually the uniforms, it, it's a lot of teal at home, but I've grown to really like them. I, I think it's because... Dig it. the, I yeah, dig I dig it. For me, it's it's how the, the helmets have like almost a shine to them with that color. I don't know. It just does it for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's damn nice. I I was a huge fan. I never really liked the orange striping, like the like the just subtle add addition of orange. Um, but I'm very happy they went with full teal. I think they look awesome. Um, all right, let's see here. What do we got for last minute or last? Yeah, I guess last. We're in witching hour now. If you're a, if you're a um, red zone watcher. Uh, we're in the witching hour of uh, game over Calgary. The Flames winning 7-3 over the San Jose Sharks. Uh, kudos to Greer taking older players to fill the bottom of the lineup and making sure to keep prospects in the AHL. That one coming from Pierre-Luc. Um, finally able to catch a live stream for the first time in a few weeks, and it's a win for Audi. Yes, Veronica, we don't get very many of those when I host. 
Uh, but again, this is my eighth game over in a row and uh, the Flames have not been doing very well. So that should be expected at this point. Um, also, hey, now no duck slander in this stream. That's from <laughs> Nate. He is uh, he is actually a co-host uh, for the Quack Report on the Hockey Podcast Network, him and Carter Potts. So uh, he doesn't tolerate flames or duck slander, which is quite the uh, quite the combination of fandom. But um, uh, you know what, Nick? This has been great. This is exactly what I expected it was going to be. Just great hockey talk with you as always. An encyclopedia. Guys, I'm telling you, Nick is the go-to guy for for, for hockey stuff, like hockey historic... Uh, hockey historian uh knows so much about the game so much about its history and uh, and we're very lucky to have him producing content uh for all of us to consume but uh enough about me pumping your tires why don't you pump your own tires tell everybody where they can find you what you're up to and uh and all that good stuff man i should i should just let you run with this so yeah <laughs> i have a uh, youtube channel here called twisted wrister hockey so if you like hockey and you uh think i've been tolerable this is about the length of my videos so definitely head over to my channel check out some videos if you like what you see there tap the big red button i have a dog who's super cute as well so oh i forgot to ask you about curious. cortana how is she well she's doing great good um, she's in fantastic shape except she does have a partial tear on her acl oh. or ccl so we're gonna we're gonna get that fixed but Poor gal. everything else is great almost nine years old and and she can still hike 15 miles what a so, what a trooper yeah, yeah, and and how's yours yours uh, coming along? She's good. Yeah, yeah, she's uh she's good. Mika is um Mika, that's right. Yeah. Uh, named after Kippersoft. We had to we had to keep a Flames name. So uh and it's funny actually a quick story before we end. We, the day we picked up Mika was the day that Mika Zibanejad had that four goal game last or two seasons ago. So it was kind of oh. like poetic. We're like, "Oh, here's Mika." And then we get home and we watch the Rangers game and Mika Zibanejad scored four goals. So, so I will I'll sorry, always sorry. remember. No, no, no. I'll always remember that. You can call her Zibby or you can call her Kipper. Yeah, it's it's either or. Uh, it's either that. It's either Mika, uh, Zibby, Kipper, Shithead, Stinky, whatever whatever nickname uh, my fiance and I uh, put on her. So um, anyways, man. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Be sure Nick's socials are in the, uh, in the description of the video. Go check out his channel as well. He's been commenting this whole time, so you can you can see the channel very easy. Click on that beautiful Twisted Rooster Hockey logo. It'll take you to his page, and uh, you can hit subscribe, ring the bell, watch those videos, and you're on the road to 10K. Is that what it is? It's, I've, I've been so out of touch. Kind of, it's kind of a long road, but yeah, that's the plan. I, I was like, uh, I'm so out of touch with YouTube. That's, that's uh, like, I wish I was consuming more, but so out of touch. Um, but yeah, please go subscribe. Get him to all those bajillion subscribers, please. Um, and for you, Calgary Flames fans, thank you for listening. If you're listening on playback, please be sure to uh, give the podcast a rating. Um, what is it? What else do you do on a podcatcher? Follow it, subscribe to it, like it so that it's in your feed. You see all of the Game Over Calgary uh, episodes when they come out. Uh, subscribe to SDPN. Go buy some merch on the SDPN shop. I'm wearing my Game Over hoodie. I had to retire the Steve Dangleberry's uh, ugly Christmas sweater because we lost two games in a row with me wearing we wearing it. Uh, so sorry, Steve. I will wear your face another time. Um, as for the next Game Over Calgary, we will be on your YouTube and on your podcasts. Um, I was going to say airwaves. On Thursday versus the LA Kings, Peter Klein will have your call for that one. Until then, Flames fans, 
Stay safe, and we'll talk to you later, pals. Thanks, Nick, and we'll uh, we'll see everybody later. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.